0: is clear. It's time to change healthcare. Have no fear. Today is the day. This is the hour. Together, you know we've got the power. Drop the silos. We're all the same team. Patients, doctors, tech, and marketing. How can anyone be satisfied with the way things have always been? Yeah, we've tried. So join us now. Join the revolution. Digital health is the evolution. Status quo, more like status no. Yeah, this is the Healthcare rap. Y'all come on, let's go. Welcome to the Healthcare Wrap, where we are ushering in the future of healthcare and the status quo no longer exists. Where we are challenging assumptions about marketing and technology, and we check yesterday's thinking at the door. Where truth drops like an atom bomb, and knowledge flows like Niagara Falls. Each week we challenge assumptions that have been holding back healthcare marketing, and explain how we can do better. Join us. This is the Healthcare Wrap.
1: Folks, we only have rock star guests on this program. That's one of the things that I love being able to share with those of you who are listening out there. And today's no exception. Today is one of the opportunities we've had to have uh, one of the, the greatest rock stars that we've had as a guest. I wanna welcome Paul Zablowski to the program. Paul's a, a very well-known independent consultant. Uh, many of you know him and have had the opportunity to, to engage with him. He's an independent consultant. He's a thought leader about brand experience in healthcare, among many other things. He's the former Senior Vice President of Brand Experience for Texas Health Resources. And uh, Paul, I want to welcome you to the program. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I always like to check, since I spent so much of my life in Texas, you know, how the weather there is uh, this time of year. Uh,
2: typical. Uh, it'll be, uh, you know, 68 tomorrow and 28 the day after. So today it's uh, cold and rainy, but uh, typical fall weather here in North Texas.
1: Well, thank goodness there are no tornadoes. I heard there, were, there was some kind of extreme weather a week or two ago that was a little unexpected for this time of year. So glad to hear that that's not the case in the next few days. Yes, indeed. For our listeners, this is, a, this is just a great opportunity because we're going to get the chance to talk a lot about brand experience. There's a lot of different components of the topic and all of them kind of have to do a lot with leadership in those roles. And that's one reason I wanted to bring Paul on the program today was to get things from his perspective because being a C-suite executive for a large... Health systems such as Texas Health and several other systems. Prior to that, uh, has given Paul a, a one of the most, if not the most, well-rounded perspective, especially from the the seat of the chief strategy officer or the chief <laughs> marketing officer or anyone related and and directly reporting to those two positions. And that's where we want to focus today. Is kind of the starting at that executive level, how they look at. A lot of the things that are coming at them these days. And so we're going to lead right into that with our rap battle.
0: Rap battle!
1: And a rap battle for those of you who are new to the program. This is where we really challenge one or more assumptions that we feel like have been holding back healthcare marketing. It's the status quo. It's, it's just the way things have been done in the past, and we're saying there's either a, a new way or a better way to do it. And today's rap battle is really challenging the the assumption that that the role of the CSO, those roles have not changed because we all know that they have changed entirely in the last few years especially the last three to five years with the advent of digital and with the advent of of regulations and the business landscape that kind of underlies the healthcare system and so with all that paul i just want to uh, kind of uh, toss this to you a little open-endedly and say let's take a look at the the cmo and cso roles for health systems so how are how have they changed in the last few years let's just start there sure i think there are sort of two
2: pathways One pathway is you've got the traditional role using traditional mechanisms, both in strategy and in communications and in marketing. And in my opinion, often really using obsolete techniques, obsolete tactics in order to achieve objectives. The other side is the innovative pathway where you have a very contemporary marketer and chief strategy office who's looking at brand experience in a very different way. It's not just marketing communications, it's not just strategy, but brand experience as I think of it is the intersection of five key competencies and one of those is strategy, and that's supporting institutional strategy, understanding customer experience, and the operational capabilities to achieve that. The second is insights, is gathering and interpreting and harmonizing this information, competitive market consumer insights. The third is collaboration, is really looking at the totality of the customer journey. What's the caregiver experience? How do we unburden the care team in order to deliver that experience? The fourth is outcomes, is really setting, tracking and measuring outcomes for maximum performance. And then what I describe as delight, even so far as the economics of delight, that providing a remarkable experience to users that focuses on their needs and interests and wishes, there's an economic advantage to loyalty. So that's what I see as the real contemporary. Now, interestingly enough, much has been written about these healthcare executives may be more vulnerable to this disruption that's occurring than they thought. And that it's not just causing pressure in the C-suite, it's threatening business models. Take, for example, the fact that 75% of CEOs want their chief marketing officer to be more focused on return on investment and new customer acquisition. 75% of chief marketing officers believe their jobs are not designed to let them have the greatest impact on their organization. So these roles and the roles of your teams need to be redefined within these organizations in order to satisfy the shift. And what I often speak to is that our customers, the people that we seek the most, whether they're the best insured or the worried well or the millennials, they're already in this space. They're already getting HelloFresh delivered to their door. They're already buying everything on Amazon. They're already getting their glasses on Warby Parker. It doesn't work when we hand them a clipboard that looks like it was from a World War II army surplus store and say, fill this out again. So I think the contemporary marketer needs to and will move from the idea of brand awareness into brand relevance. How do we
1: become relevant in people's lives across our care continuum? So a lot of that does really originate with the chief strategy officer, the chief marketing officer. How have those roles changed to reflect more about the brand experience? I think some have changed. Many have not. I speak to
2: groups around the country, even working with agencies and other kinds of people that are providing services to healthcare, saying that in many cases, These leaders don't want this added information, don't want more vision because it puts them in a position where they have greater accountability. Again, I think there's a split happening where there's a traditional path that are maintaining that and then a contemporary path that's saying, we've got to look at different things. These new roles, they're being forced to make different types of choices for resources they're seeing a new set of experts that they wanna bring in. And it's not just the digital team or it's not just the CRM team. They're looking at what kinds of different information do we need? What kinds of different skills and expertise do we need? And also I think these roles are carrying a load of work that is not only more complex, but more of it, more of it than they've ever had before. So I think there's an enormous push happening right now. I read recently that there's an average of 100 C-suite executives a month uh, that are transitioning in the country right now. So there's tremendous turbulence in this space, but it's an incredible opportunity for this new breed, these contemporary marketers, these contemporary strategists to move into these spaces. Even the push of getting people from outside of healthcare into these spaces, I think is testament to the C-suite saying, we need a new lens. We need to look at this differently. That it's not about incident procedures, but it's about care pathways. It's not about building health systems or doctor practices. It's about building care systems. For people. That's a very different need and demand from consumers, that that pressure is being put on healthcare marketers and healthcare strategists to come up with a different formula, a different business
1: model. Exactly. And you mentioned that as you've talked to agencies that you've had some, some interesting conversations there, just some feedback in terms of what you're seeing from our agency friends out there when they are approaching an executive in the marketing or strategic or experience level in a hospital health system team, that they're having some interesting encounters there and that you've seen some interesting things that it sounds like just as you've talked to agencies and how they, they've they tried to approach a CMO or CSO. Are, are there any insights or interesting things that you've, you'd like to share from from those discussions that you've had?
2: Yes, when I separated from Texas Health, uh, the following Monday, I got a call from an agency here in North Texas who said, would you be willing to come in and talk to our team? And I said, well, I guess, you know, what do you want to talk about? And they said, well, we want to know what it's like, what you're thinking of in the C-suite as a lead marketing person. What kinds of things motivate you? What do you look for in an agency? What kind of skill sets? And so I ended up basically developing a curriculum that I call How Clients Choose. And I started working with this group and now several others in fact I was just on a call yesterday going through the deck that this group was going to present to their client and in some cases I'm even doing client facing work as a healthcare expert. But a great example is case studies, and we've looked at case studies and you know generally these are creative, innovative people, and generally they 're very excited about their creative execution and they start with look at how great it looks, and you know perhaps even the accolades that we 've received in or out of industry i've helped them to understand that that needs to be flipped that you start with our goal was to drive these many cases are these many phone calls are these many appointments. And the way that we did that understanding this segment are the health personalities of our targets is to use these techniques in order to achieve it. The way it was executed, the way it looked was this way and the results we achieved was this way. So. Essentially, we took the case studies and we flipped them upside down and we said, these were the goals, this is the execution and investment strategy, and these were the results achieved. And it's interesting how these groups are seeing that and understanding that. We even have a segment in this curriculum about language what kinds of language to use and what kinds of language not to use. You know, I would never answer the question, tell me what your key priorities are. What's your budget this year? What are you really worried about? We've been using that language for 25 or 30 years. And a contemporary marketer needs to hear something different. A contemporary marketer needs to to hear you know we've been hearing a lot in healthcare about the disruptors about people from outside of healthcare coming in and attacking these opportunities has that impacted you and how has it impacted you there's a thing they call actually called the attacker's advantage you know that's new and it's different and it's efficient and it's fast and these new entrants are coming in with very established consumer frameworks, very established technology of understanding search patterns and how and why you click. And we have to be able to have the tools to respond to that. So that kind of question gets you to the answer, but in a much different way. So as I said, I think these C-suite executives are really looking at different kinds of choices with Of different kinds of resources, and who can bring those into me to help improve my performance, my organization's performance, my team's performance. You know, we've never had more data in healthcare in recorded history. What we need are insights to help us improve performance.
0: Everybody wants their content to work, but if you're not careful, it'll drive you berserk. You need the right partner, but where to begin? Use True North Custom, that's how you win. In healthcare content marketing, gotta try something new, cause innovation is king. True North Custom, they're the bomb. Check it at truenorthcustom.com. Hey, we have a new exclusive giveaway from our partners, True North Custom. We're giving a branded infographic to healthcare app listeners. This is a $1,500 value. This digital asset can be used to promote key service lines, as well as provide your communities with engaging health and wellness information. It can be shared via your blog, social media, and other channels. Visit bit.ly slash wrap 2 today. That's bit.ly slash wrap and the number two to select your free infographic from the True North Custom Library. It's time for you to spread the awesome. Remember bit.ly slash wrap and the number awesome. two? Tell your whole crew. Well, it
1: sounds like some of those insights have come even just from some of the dialogue, which is... Those insights are highly valuable. When an agency might not even think, literally, the questions that they're asking are so outdated that they turn off the potential for greater business down the road. Of literally asking, like you were saying, what are your priorities or what's your budget? And and I've seen that as well. And I, I wonder, you've mentioned to me in the past that the chief marketing officer, in particular, is one of the most, if not the most, vulnerable position in C suites and hospitals today. I mean, is that? Is that a relatively new phenomenon or has that been the case for a while? And why do you think that is?
2: It's a great question. And as I mentioned, nearly one third
1: of CEOs
2: are considering firing their chief marketing officer in 2017, according to Forrester Research. The average tenure of a chief marketing officer in the U.S. is four years. It's the shortest tenure in the suite, a C-suite. Uh, 40% today of Chief Marketing Officers are in their role two years or less. So Chief Marketing Officers are the first in the line of fire if growth targets aren't met, uh, according to Accenture. So the sad part about it is only one in four of those Chief Marketing Officers report a high level of confidence in their ability to measure ROI their media spend, for example, yet 80% expect to increase their investment in the next 12 months. So to specific to your question, I think it's a relatively new phenomenon, 12 to 18 months. And frankly, I'm supportive of it. And that's going to sound strange to my colleagues, but the days of marketing and communication resting on their ability to get more clicks to the websites are over we have to be able to go to the c-suite to stand before the chief financial officer and say if you're willing to make an investment of five million dollars i can create a return on that five million of 20 million dollars in expected net patient revenue and here's how i'm going to calculate that it has to be a financial discussion we have to think of marketing not as an expense but as an asset, an asset to the organization, an asset for growth. And those assets need to be fueled. They need to be cultured. They need to be mentored through the organization. And until we get to that point, there's gonna be disruption. I think
1: it's time. I think it's the right decision for that to happen. So what do you think, what would you give as your number one tip for a CMO in a hospital or health system these days? Well
2: colleague of mine, Rob Rosenberg, and I recently did a presentation at the Shishmed conference, and we ended up with really, what are the things that you need to be thinking about? What are the lessons? One is, you know, provide the whole answer. Provide the big picture. Uh, be prepared. Uh, understand what it is that, that you're talking about. You know, your marketing pitch needs to reflect the growth goals and new patient acquisitions. Know the language, know the performance metrics, know what the expected net revenue is to your goals. You have to speak a different kind of language now in the C-suite and you've got to be able to walk in with very clear understanding of, we're not doing marketing, we're leading marketing and marketing means growth and marketing means, uh, an econ- there's an economic value to that growth. So it's not a pitch, it's a dialogue. You've got to have a dialogue with your C-suite. It's knowing your numbers. You know What's the share of wallet that you're getting in your market? You know What's your profit margin, your contribution market, your conversion rate? The difference between vertical and horizontal alignment measures where you're looking at growth targets, market share. What are the shared metrics in the C-suite that you need to be a part of? What's the differentiation? We can't say it would be like having a campaign where you advertise that all of your doctors have licenses. We have to get beyond that. What's your defined value proposition? How will you position your brand as timeless and relevant? You know, how is your brand or product or service different or better than the competition? You'd be surprised how many organizations don't really have a defined value proposition. How could you position your product or service? And then I think answering the tough questions. You know, when you're talking to the C-suite, know the people in the room. Paint the big picture. Be obsessed with their buying process rather than your selling process and anticipate. Anticipate You know, the finance guy saying, well, wait a minute. Anticipate the strategy guy saying, well, what about this? Anticipate human resources saying, well, what about this? That's a very different kind of conversation than I think
1: the traditional marketer has been used to giving. Awesome stuff. I love just kind of wrapping on this thought and from the rap battle segment, at least just to, to think on of the many pieces you just gave of the puzzle that really is uh, uh, totally up to the success of, of marketing and strategy and experience these days. We We want it to be successful. Half of it really is understanding where the difference is in between the expectations that are constantly changing for that executive position that's what trickles down to everybody on, on those teams. So uh, great, great thoughts. And yes, there is a lot to it. That's the challenge of it. And that's the that's the opportunity as well. Those who are able to pick some of these battles, get some wins, and, and move forward from there are, are the ones who are going to make progress and make those expectations actually easier and more achievable for others. So I just love the thought of, of focusing on on those who Really, at the end of the day, are making the difference. So awesome! And we're going to move into our, our shout out, which is our last little segment here today. Shout out! Shout outs just where we recognize a person, place, or thing or idea that's really caught our caught our attention lately. And you know, Paul, if you've got one, if you want to uh, give this a shot, happy to give you a chance to do this as well. You did have at least one in mind, so definitely want to hear that. I can share one real quickly, it'll just take me a minute. I just want to thank those who have started doing LinkedIn videos in the last in the last couple of weeks since the beginning of the year. I have seen at least four folks on LinkedIn in the last week and a half starting their own video series they all look like they'll be maybe once a week or maybe a little little less a little more and each of them are are just spot on there they are people offering their expertise or their thoughts on a topic and not going overboard with it you know they're they're all mostly two to five to maybe eight or nine minutes long. And it's just right. I've been consuming them. I've been watching them. And I love sharing and, and little tidbits, little nuggets from people, from their experience, because those little Topics and and little tips that that are being offered in those videos are are really valuable. It's a great way just to, you know, the the selfish way to look at it, you know, is to think, you know, it's growing a brand. No one that I've seen is doing it for selfish reasons. They're doing it to honestly project and share their feedback with the community. So, you know, props to those. I didn't want to leave anyone out. Like I said, I've seen at least four of them in the last week and a half, uh, but I didn't want to mention them by name because I I may have left one out. Uh, But just know that if that's something that you've started, then uh, keep doing it. I always want to encourage that kind of a thing. Uh, it's great to watch and, and there are quite a few of us who are watching, so I'll give my shout out to to new LinkedIn videos. And uh, Paul, I understand you had a shout out you wanted to share as well. Yeah, I'm uh, talking about,
2: as I mentioned before, customers that we seek are already in the space. They're already doing these things. We've got to be able to match that. For example, according to the Over-the-Counter Drug Association last year, the average American went to a retail healthcare environment, whether it's a Walgreens or a CBS or a Target, on average, 26 times. Much of it is, you is know, self-medication, cold medication, things like that. They may have gone to their doctor twice that year. So to me, this is an extraordinary trend. And just this week, uh, CBS announced that they're, they're debuting several health programs uh, now, after acquiring uh, Aetna, they're focusing on retail, uh, long-term care, uh, obviously pharmacy services, and, and and healthcare benefits. And they're describing it as the new front door to the healthcare system in order to enhance the customer experience. And they're defining enhancing that customer experience by, by, by boosting engagement by improving outcomes and trying to lower the total cost of healthcare. They're gonna focus on members, etna members who are at high risk for certain events. They're gonna focus on cardiovascular disease. They're even doing a pilot on readmission follow-up and having a patient go to a CBS minute clinic within 14 days of discharge, if they're unable to see their doctor or or get an appointment. And you remember when they announced this, CBS said that they have a retail clinic inside of five miles of 80% of the U.S. population. So I think this is an extraordinarily positive move within this healthcare space that's going to have
1: amazing impact the country. Something to think about. I, I, I didn't realize that they were that pervasive. I knew they were, I always felt like they were pretty much in every corner, but it sounds like they, they literally are on just about every corner in America. That stat is blowing my mind. So great thought there. Uh, and any other final thoughts, Paul, on, on this topic or anything else we haven't had a chance to discuss yet as we're wrapping up? I think in closing, I'd like to send out this
2: thought that it's easy to get obsessed with the product or the service, or even the technology. But I would offer that it's not about the product, the service, the technology. What it's about, in my mind, is the space where that exists, the experience where those things create, and the opportunity that those things expose. And I think if we in strategy and in marketing and communications and brand could start to think that way, it provides a much more future facing
1: contemporary lens to our work. Perfect place for us to wrap today. Paula, very grateful for your time to be able to be on the program today. Uh, For those who want to be able to connect with you and chat further or have a question for you, what's the best way for them to reach you?
2: Three ways. With Gmail my is Paul Soblowski, P-A-U-L-S-Z-A-B-L-O-W-S-K-I. The number is 2029 at gmail.com. I also have Paul at paulsoblowski.com. And Twitter
1: is at Paul Sablowski. Fantastic. And yeah, I'll put a plug in there because I love the stuff that you post on Twitter uh, that you're sharing out there in the online space. Great articles and great thoughts that you're regularly putting out there for people to, to think a little differently about things. So it's been a pleasure to have you on the program. And those of you who are listening, thanks again for tuning in. If you haven't had a chance to subscribe or leave us a review on iTunes, so we'd be your fans if you had a chance to do that. Uh, hope you enjoy and get a lot out of this program. And thanks uh, on behalf of Paul and Peter and myself. Thanks, and that's a wrap.